Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. It is the first week of August. That means college football is fast approaching. Travis Krins, my good friend, sports director at KORN Radio in Mitchell, South Dakota, joins me here. Travis, how are we doing? Doing good. Kind of the end of the summer. We got back from Omaha Monday and got this amateur baseball tournament uh, starts tonight. So once that's done next Sunday... And it's five days until the first football games for area teams. Holy so, shit. Holy shit. Once you get to August, you know, it's pretty much done with as far as, as far as weekends and Fridays and free time. So. Yep. Well, uh, we got a lot to get to here, and we'll get to the amateur baseball tournament here in a moment. But first, how was Omaha? Omaha was good. Went to a concert, did a couple other things. Went to a hibachi place where I make the stuff in front of you. Uh, did that. Did some mini golf. Did an escape room for the first time. Ooh, how'd you like the escape room? I like escape rooms, but I need to do it with a decent group because everyone's got a different kind of skill set. Yeah, I like uh, I've never done it. I liked it. It was just the two of us. We had to find John Wilkes Booth's gun. Ooh, oh, no. That's a, that's a lot of pressure. you got to save Abe. A lot of pressure. You got to save Abe, and uh, I believe we did it. Uh, how long did it take us to find the gun? Nine minutes. I was gonna... The first time was nine minutes. It took us about nine minutes because they forgot to padlock one of the boxes that the key was in. Oh, that's a whoops. <laughs> so it wasn't. It, it, we got it with four minutes to go. So. Okay. That was fun. I, I would do that again. Very good. Uh, how's Baylor Shireman? Good. He, he was not working a street corner, so I think he's doing fine. Well, I assume he was at the Hibachi Grill or playing mini oh. golf with you. I'm sure you did a lot of stuff together. Yeah, he stayed over one night. It was good to see him again. <laughs> yeah, he says he's going to play one more season and see how it goes. All so. right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, we got football this week. NFL, uh, Canton, uh, oh. Hall of Fame game, Jets and Browns. That's all we're going to say about that. Uh, Hall of Fame inductions and stuff, yada, yada. Lots of training camp stuff going on. Um, yeah, there's a, we'll, we'll, there are some NFL news. We got a lot, we're going to hit a lot of different areas here throughout the show. Uh, of course, the MLB trade deadline. Um College football news. Of course, we'll start our big previews next week. Charlie Hildebrand will will jump on and we'll uh, we'll start doing that. Uh, but there is expansion news that we need to discuss. But first, let's get to the amateur baseball tournament that will be taking place in Mitchell starting well starting Wednesday night here, and uh, you will be on the call for several of these games. Uh, just kind of give us a breakdown here. It sounds like one team isn't in because of a, a rules infraction or they, they did something that they shouldn't have. Uh, give us kind of a lay of the land of this tournament here uh, for, that's taking place here for the next couple of weeks. Well, two teams that they played a Legion player, a high school player, uh, during a district tournament, and you're not supposed to do that. So that affects uh, the Garrison Blue Jays, who are usually pretty good. Ooh. Affects Redfield Dairy Queen, who usually isn't very good. But both those teams did make the tournament, and they've been kicked out because of that. So they will not be involved. Uh, 32 teams, 16 first round games, starts today, runs for what, 11 days? 
So uh, we've got eight teams. Uh, we've got Alexandria, who they're not quite as good as they used to be. They used to be the team. They won multiple multiple state uh, titles here over the past handful of years, but they're still good. Uh, the Del Rapids Mudcats, they have, who we don't cover, but they've won the last two state titles, and they look to be the favorite to win a third. Okay. Uh, you look at how the bracket uh, looks. Uh, the top half of the bracket, you're looking at maybe the Del Rapids Mudcats in one semifinal, probably taking on the winner, Cologne Pheasants, who are also one of the you know two or three or four best teams in the state. So uh, winner, Cologne, Del Rapids, semifinal next Saturday would seem likely. Just, the, on the bottom half of the brackets, a bit more wide open. It seems like the, the, the better teams are in the top half. Okay. Um, but we've got, in recovering Alexandria, Dimmick Emery, the Raptors. Mm. We've got Kimball White Lake, the Nationals. They've got a pitcher named Zach Wolner, who will routinely throw 150 pitches. So he's excited to, to watch. He's really good. Got the Mountain Vernon Mustangs. You got the Parkston Mudcats. The Plankinton Bankers. Wait, who two Mudcats? Two Mudcats? Uh, you have two different Del Rapids Mudcats than the Parkston Mudcats. Whoa, way too many Mudcats. Uh, you got the Plankinton Bankers, who lost a lot of veterans from last year, and they're not nearly as good as they've been. Uh, that'll be my first game, Plankinton versus Winter Cologne. Uh, to 5:30, that's got the potential to maybe be a a run rule game right there because Winter Cologne is really good and, and Plankington uh, not so much. Well, it's because banks are losing money. So there you go. Right. I, I've named one of my uh, fantasy baseball teams the Plankington Bankers. Nice. They've got uh, they were purple and yellow, and they've got a nice logo. So then you got the Platt Killer Tomatoes. Ooh. They, oh. they can maybe make a run to the quarterfinals. Uh, they got a good offense, and they got the Westington Springs Owls, who I don't think are very good. So they're in it. So yeah, we'll be doing those games here this week and next week. So kind of the, the end of the summer. Uh, they say they're getting a new press box at Cadwell Park, so this might be the last event with the current press box setup. Good. So good. Uh, rain is in the forecast for Friday and Saturday, so we will see. That's okay. What happens? Uh, as far as as long as I've been here, rain hasn't been too much of an issue. There's been maybe two tournaments where rain's been an issue, and it hasn't been that that big of a change. Okay. Uh, usually, popping later on in the tournaments, where we only get to by the time we get to Monday, we're down to just two games a night. So it'll be interesting to see what rain uh, chances uh, come to fruition this this weekend. So it's only supposed to be 75 degrees. That's uh, a lot. Better, like 88 today in the morning, extremely humid out, so there'll be a sweat lodge tomorrow, <laughs> but the, the weekend, and I've got these 11 a.m. games Saturday, Sunday, so sure it might be might be in the 60s by the time we, uh, upper 60s maybe by the time when we uh, kick it off. So. Just get a nice long sleeve pullover and it'll be comfortable yeah. up there in the press box there. Uh, okay, so Del Rapids seems to be the favorites here. If there's a wild card or a team that perhaps is a little bit of a long shot to to make it, what's a team or two that could really surprise in this tournament? There, uh, you look at the, if you kind of look at it in chunks of eight or maybe eight different or four different regions, yep. you look at the bottom half of the bracket, somebody's got to come out of this eight-team pod to get to the semifinals. 
Well, there's a couple of solid teams there. I would say you've got maybe the, the winner of a second-round, potential second-round matchup between Kimball Whitelake and Dimmick Emery okay. could potentially reach the Saturday night semifinal. So I'd say maybe Dimmick Emery, they made a run last year. Um, so, yeah, maybe uh, Dimmick Emery. There's a, you feel like it's going to be Winter Cologne, Del Rapids, Mudcats, uh, probably Alexandria, and then another team. And maybe maybe Dimmick Emery, maybe Kimball Whitelake. We'll see. Okay. Well, we'll keep track of that, and we'll touch base again next week on how the tournament is progressing. Uh, two last follow-ups here. A, of one, have you ever eaten pheasant before? And two, have you ever been to the pheasant lounge in Brookings? I've eaten pheasant, I think, maybe a couple times. Very and delicious. I think I've ever been. I like pheasant. I think it's a little tough, I think. Um, I've never, I don't think I've ever been to the pheasant lounge. It's a pretty good restaurant, so. I think I've only yeah. been there once. It was for my grandparents' anniversary or something like that. Fancy, uh, fancy uh, place. What's that? Good, good, good food though. Good food. Good food. Yes. Yep. Not. Be, it's a very nice sit-down restaurant. It's right at the corner of like the by the airport. Okay, so on that side it's open. Yes. Yep. Like on the downtown side. Uh, yep. Like along. What is it? Isn't it Eighth Street or something that has that? Like Casey's is like Eighth and Main. Yeah, Eighth Street. Then can I go all the way to the end of that? Yep. Yep. So like Eighth and Main right there, by the airport. So very good place. Um. Uh, within walking distance of Rude's funeral home. So, there you go. Or downtown. Whatever tickles your fancy here. Um, Let's get to what's going on here. We'll start with college football first. Uh, You know, Colorado is leading for the Big 12. It's not a... It's kind of like a big whoop. Whoop-de-doo. But everyone's kind of waiting now. What's the Pac-12 going to do? What's this revenue plan? Like, what's this TV deal? And it was released earlier this week, or there were reports that Pac-12 says, oh, we're looking at streaming, and Apple is the leading contender. And I just have to think, if I'm an Oregon or a Washington or Arizona, Arizona State, I'm like, wait, that's your big idea for revenue boosting is do a, like a media rights streaming deal with Apple? Like, I, I would hope that ESPN and Fox and maybe CBS are a part of this discussion as well, but if they're looking for an alternative, like, streaming deal or whatever, that that's what it is. It can't be solely an Apple, you know, streaming exclusive. I, I don't know. This, this like, the, the Pac-12 seems to be doing whatever they can to try and just disintegrate right before our very eyes. There's got to be more to this, right? No, I, I, I've shit on this conference for many years, as you know. And this is like the year, uh, football-wise, that it could be the best it's been in a decade. Like, this is its last chance, because after this, there may not be a Pac-12 after this. Yes. Yeah, Colorado leaves, and that might just be the first domino of everybody saying, you know what, we're done. Because once they leave, what, they're down to nine now? Yep. Nine teams... Uh, San Diego State wanted to get in, but that didn't happen. And I don't, don't think that would make much of a difference anyway. So when do these other teams decide what, who's the next domino to, to fall? We've probably heard, you know, Arizona going to the Big 12 or some of these other teams going to the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Um, who ends up where? Who ends up maybe in the Mountain West is a 
you know, like a Washington State, do they get left behind? Or, like, yeah, does Oregon and Washington now go to the Big Ten? Big Ten now is reportedly talking about expansion again in light of, you know, the Pac-12s. It, it just, it's unfathomable to me that this, that they're that um, incoherent and this stupid about all of it. Like, get Boise State. Boise State would be great for football. I don't understand why Boise State isn't an immediate addition. I know they're talking about SMU. Fine, I know, like SMU doesn't really do much for me uh, in ter- like adding to the Pac-12. Uh, if you want to do UNLV, fine. You know, you get that Nevada imprint in there. That's that's great. If you want to go Colorado State, now that Colorado's leaving, okay. But you you got to do something here quick. You got to get San Diego State. You got to get Boise State. I think like those are the two linchpins. I think to all of this, you get those two in, they might be okay. But do it now. Like, do it yesterday, and you better have something else besides a stupid streaming service like Apple TV. It's just, it's preposterous. Boise State isn't in because it's in the middle of bumfuck Idaho. But it's in the capital city. Like, it's easy to get to. And then Rutgers is in the Big Ten because they're close to New York. So, yeah, competitively it'd be nice, but as far as men, the, the number one thing is money. Who can bring money? Well, who else yeah. Who else could the Pac-12 bring in that would bring in Nobody. money? Like, Nobody. That's why they can't get a deal with their current group of teams. Because nobody wants, nobody wants to air these games because nobody cares about the big or the Pac-12. Because they're not great, and nobody cares about any of these schools. You have Oregon. And that's it for yeah. football, at least. You have Oregon, Washington's been better. Other than that, you don't have anything. And for basketball, you got Arizona, and they're always disappointing once it comes to tournament time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there, there's nothing out there for for anything. I have streaming on Apple, that's, no, that's, that's no, that's... And this year, this year, the Pac-12 is going to be great for football. I will argue that this year... As it is currently slated, the Pac-12 is going to be the second best football conference, only behind the SEC, because you have USC, Oregon, and Washington, with maybe Utah lurking in the weeds there, as viable playoff contenders. Of course, USC is leaving for the Big Ten next year. UCA, UCLA is joining them as well. And then now Colorado's leaving. So you're down to nine. You have to figure something out. You have to bring some teams in yesterday. And between their inability to do so and now this like revenue stuff, Arizona's going to bolt here very soon. And if you don't do something to appease Oregon and Washington, they're going to leave as well. And then, yeah, you're just going to have effectively uh, a merger of the Pac-12 Mountain West. Like, that's what it's going to come down to. Because I don't think any... Yeah, because where do these schools go? Because you've got... You've had the Big 12, you know, about 10 years ago or whenever it was. The Big 12, I thought they were dead. Yes. Yeah. Texas, Oklahoma, and uh, they, they stayed. Nebraska left. Uh, Colorado left. Few teams left. Missouri left. Yeah, and so they brought in TCU, and then and you know, they brought in Cincinnati and BYU here for this year, and, and, and UCF and, and Houston. 
was in Houston and, and all these other schools, uh, you know, mid-major type schools from the AAC, and you feel like the Pac-12 to say a lot has to raid the Mountain West. So when all of this is said and done, is the Mountain West maybe uh, not a not a viable option anymore? Does that conference go away? And is this a chance for North Dakota State and South Dakota State to go to the Mountain West? So is Colorado moving going to be the thing that initiates the Dakota schools to make a big jump up? Probably not, but but we never know. But the Pac-12 has to make these additions very quickly or they will lose more schools to other conferences like the Big Ten and Big 12, and then they will essentially have to merge with with the Mountain West. Like I feel like the Mountain West here... If they don't get purged by the Pac-12, they will become a super conference with the Pac, with the remaining teams in the Pac-12. And with the way they've dug their feet on this media deal, whether that's their fault or not, it's yeah, I don't, I don't see the leadership of that conference pulling this off. I just don't understand how you can't say, okay, we're going to do ESPN and Fox work something out with CBS to do a game here or there. And then say, but here's our big pitch on the streaming service. And maybe maybe that is the case. But it, based on this report, it was like, okay, streaming service, like that's what's going to hit it. And it's just going to be Apple. Like there, there's got to be more to it than just streaming to be able to keep the likes of, you know, Arizona around and potentially Oregon and, and Washington as well. You have to do more than just Apple TV. I think they're going to be shut out. I think it's going to be very difficult in future years if there is a Pac-12 to watch these games. Yes. No, I mean, no, CBS isn't going to do it. No network is going to do it. Maybe ESPN. But that's why they're in a the position that they're in. Yeah. ESPN has hitched their way into the SEC. And the ACC with the ACC network. And the Big Ten. They're all over the place now. They're on every channel. Yep. And other than that, nobody else matters. Nobody else really matters outside the SEC and the Big Ten. Well, now, you know, Florida State. You've got two conferences that in the next couple of years are going to have, what, 30-some teams? Probably. Like, when, when is a team ever going to win a national title outside of those two conferences? That's a great question. I mean, Florida State is... Well, the, the, the Big 12 is always, like, whenever Oklahoma's been to the playoff, whenever, you know, TCU just got stomped. Um, you know, outside of Clemson's little run, which appears to be over, like when in like when is there ever going to be a non SEC or Big Ten champ? Well, maybe like, I don't see that happening very often at all. Maybe once every ten years. I would agree with that. I mean, maybe Florida State and Miami. I mean, Florida State's getting back to glory. Miami is hopefully getting there, but Florida State, there's a report they're mulling their ACC future and leaving that. And then what does that do? For everyone, like it just, this is, it, and it's all about corporate greed too. I mean, that's what we've always said. It's not about the student athlete. It's all about the almighty dollar. And and at the end of the day, it's all. To, I think it's really going to wreck um, athletics if NIL hasn't and, and this um, you know conference realignment hasn't done already. But I, I don't know what's going on. If I were the Pac-12, I would be working around the clock to get something done here. And it just seems like they're just dragging their feet. And I don't get it. I don't think they got anybody to talk to. They're the guy at the party who wants to go out with somebody. They don't have anybody to talk to. Yep. They're, they're stinky. They're smelly. They, no, nobody wants to approach them and talk to them. 
because like what what is there have you seen the meme of the it's one of the simpsons characters but he's in the bus and he says i'm in danger is it like ralph i think is is that what his name is um that's what the pac-12 is right now they're in the back saying i'm in danger or the dog with the fire all around in the room and stuff like everything's fine here nothing see that's the pac-12 right now and they aren't it's like okay everything's fine all right I, you have to have something here. This was once a great conference. Bill Walton always proclaims it to be the Conference of Champions. And they are just disintegrating right before our very eyes. And part of that, I think, I, I've read that you know Larry Scott, the former commissioner of the Pac-12, is in large part to blame, especially when it comes to the meteorite deals. But, I mean, like, just... Do something. I mean, Paul Feinbaum apparently earlier today said uh, he just buried the Pac-12 saying someone needs to shovel the dirt in on this league. Like, do something here. I don't think there's anything they can do. I know. it, it, it Because they, yeah, it's just awful. But this is the conference that's been bad for a long time. And it has shown. And if you're not going to get money from a TV network, you're not going to survive. Because mm-hmm. the SEC and Big 12, they have broken away and now become a college, big time college athletics have become a two conference race. Yep. Yep, for sure. And, in- and so if I'm, if I'm the Big 10, I'm like, yeah, I mean, you can't just have USC and UCA, UCLA out there. I'm thinking, hey, Washington, Seattle, come aboard, Oregon, come aboard. And I'm probably not interested in anybody else. Right. Nope. Oregon State, Washington State, Cal, Stanford. Stanford, Maybe Stanford, probably be interested in Stanford for the academic. I feel like, I feel as though the schools that have higher standards of, like, academics, like uh, Vanderbilt, Stanford, Northwestern, let's, let's, like, get them, like, let's... Form a different conference for the. It's like the I. It's like the Ivy League yeah. of the the Power Five conferences. Let's do that. That would be interesting, because uh, they have no business being in their respective conferences right now because they can't compete in anything. I guess Stanford's good at golf, or you know the non-revenue sports, and they're very good at women's basketball. But lately, I mean, they can't do anything in football or ba- men's basketball. Northwestern is in is mired in controversy right now. Um, and it doesn't seem to be getting any better. You have more players now suing the school. Uh, you know, it sounds like volleyball has issues. Like it's, it's just a complete clusterfuck. And as for Vanderbilt, they seem to be heading in the right direction, but they've never really broken through in anything but baseball. So, like, come on, let's let's uh, let's have the academic conference. And if I'm the Big 12, I'm going after some of these schools before I get left behind. Yeah. You know, if I'm, if I'm the Big 10, I'm raiding the Pac-12. Uh, if you're the, the SEC, the SEC's never really done anything with the ACC. Florida State. Or it feels like that would be the most logical thing, say Clemson, Florida State, uh, maybe North Carolina, yep. maybe a couple others. Say, all right, we want to make this into a probably a 20-team conference. Twenty-team conference, two divisions of ten, go from there. Where you basically have two 
mini conferences in each conference. Yep. Oh, Duke, Duke. I forgot Duke. Duke needs to go with the Stanford and the yeah. Northwestern Vanderbilt. But they would be an addition, I think, for the SEC if, if UNC goes. It's kind. I, I kind of view Duke and UNC as almost like a South Dakota State and North Dakota State. You need both because of the rivalry. And I don't think one would go without the other, but I don't know. I mean, UNC football is more appealing than Duke football, but yet neither is all that good. You're getting them more for basketball. And that's, I think, the the grand scheme of things, what you have to weigh. But, and it's interesting how quickly this thing, because we didn't talk about it in Colorado at all last week because it wasn't in the news. Like, nobody knew Colorado was going to move. Mm-hmm. And it's... I don't know, maybe not, not surprising at this point, but it's interesting that these moves seemingly be, happen so quickly publicly, however long they have been talked about behind the scenes. But it seems like when it remains public or when it is public, it happens the very next day. All oh, this team's moving conferences. Mm-hmm. They're going to have a meeting and a vote tomorrow. And then the conference is going to have a meeting and a vote the next day. You know? It's just a domino effect. Everyone's everyone's scrambling. You hear one, and it's like, okay, we have to meet now. And I think the Pac-12, the kind of the nail in the coffin, was when they didn't present a media rights deal at media days. Like, you have to get something done by then to present to your clubs, to your teams, to your schools. Like, this is what we're doing here. If you're like, oh, well, it's still still a work in progress. If I go to football media days, I'm like, the fuck are they doing? They have no clue what's going on. I'm going to start looking around, you know, shopping for other conferences. Like, that was the... They had to get it done there. And the fact that they didn't is alarming to me. I don't think they have anything to announce. There's nothing there. Well, I know, but then you have to tell them. That it's just like, oh, it's coming here soon. It's coming here soon. Well, they don't want to say, you know what? We don't have anything. Nobody wants to air our game. They can't say that. Like I say, hey, we're working on something, you know, very soon, and momentarily we're going to announce what our plans are if to they, be in a gas station television near you. So if they can, if they had even said, yeah, we're, we're adding San Diego State. San Diego State is a member of the Pac-12. I think that would bring even a little bit of relief. But between the fact that you, you're losing teams, you don't have a media rights deal, and you're talking about potential streaming on Apple TV, it's like... What? Like you got to do at least something to show progress, and the Pac-12 is doing nothing. Has is showing no progress right now. Nothing. They got nothing to show. Yeah, it's just. Because, but on the field here, we have a story out of Iowa, and it involves both Iowa and Iowa State. Hold on, hold on. Have you seen this story here? What from four hours ago from Yahoo? Oh, no, no. What, what's up with, the, with Yahoo? Dan Wetzel, Dan Wetzel from Yahoo. Okay. A group of Big Ten presidents have begun exploratory discussions on expansion. Yep. Because the Big 12's uh, Pac-12 is stupid. Um, focus is on uh, possibly adding Oregon and Washington to move to 18. Yes, yep. And we want to, and potentially Cal and Stanford to reach 20. Yeah. <sighs> Like why? A 20-team Big Ten conference that would also include six Pac-12 schools, Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal. So, hell, by next week at this time, this maybe this maybe will all be done. Yeah. Maybe all these four teams. Yep, yep, we're going. So, 
yeah, their expectations at the Big Ten is going to move fast. So, by, by the time this podcast is out there, we'll see what happens with Oregon and all these other teams. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, talking about the Big 12 or talking about stuff on the field, uh, Iowa and Iowa State are in a little bit of uh, having some issues here regarding betting, uh, specifically Iowa State's quarterback, uh, Dreckers, uh, apparently made 30-some bets totaling just under $3,000, including games involving Iowa State football. He started, what, 12 games last year, I think? And now he's involved in a criminal lawsuit. Uh, there are seven players in total from Iowa and Iowa State uh, involved in this gambling sting. Uh, the Des Moines Register has been on top of that, the, the biggest, I would assume, state newspaper in the, the state of Iowa. Um, let's see, we got uh, ex-Iowa, or ex-Hawkeye basketball players Aaron Eulis and uh, current Cyclones quarterback Hunter Deckers. Uh, what else do we got here? Um uh, charges have been filed also against Iowa kicker Aaron Bloom and Iowa baseball player Gehrig Christensen. Uh, I, uh, Iowa State football player Dodge Saucer and Iowa State wrestler Paniro Johnson. Former football player Ioma Uzariki or whatever who was drafted by the Broncos and he has been suspended indefinitely by the NFL for his gambling habits, so clearly he's got a big issue. There could be more involved in this, but um, Deckers is apparently stepping aside from Iowa State, but that puts them in a huge conundrum as their season commences. I don't think Iowa State was going to be all that good anyway, but, like, I mean, this is... Between NIL, which is separate, you know, from college and whatnot, but now that sports gambling is so legalized... In it legalized in many states, you're going to see more and more of these issues. The NFL is dealing with this, and uh, apparently Iowa athletes are having uh, quite the time with themselves, and, and they can't contain themselves. Yeah, you've seen some NFL players get suspended. It's it's interesting because what three thousand dollars over what three hundred some bets was that ten bucks a bet. Yeah, I mean, it's not like that, not on some online account. No, not too serious. And But if you're betting on your games, that is a serious... I would assume, has anybody ever bet, all these all these players that have ever bet on a team that they're with, has anybody bet against their team? I don't... Or they all bet, did, bet on their team? Did, what, did Pete Rose bet that the Reds would win every game? I feel like he did. Whatever he bet, I feel like he never, because he was, you know, the ultimate competitor. We should look into see if, I don't think he ever bet against the Reds. We like he always look, bet on them or he bet on some situation. We should look in to see if Rocco Baldelli is betting on Twins games and that uh, coincides with his uh, use of the bullpen. Yeah, I think he's been out on the lose most of the time, I would say. So. <laughs> well, I mean, that could decide, that could... Ultimately, like, be a reason why he chooses the guys he does out of the bullpen. I say that jokingly, of course. I'm not doing that. I don't want a lawsuit. There's not any logic or anything like that. No, no. But, 
I mean, you're going to have these problems, you know, and you suspend these kids, and, you know, I mean, that's, I mean, gambling was a no-no for years, and now, you know, for whatever reason, it's legalized, and now all of these sports leagues and colleges, they're okay with it, and it's becoming legal in all these states, like a bunch of other stuff. So, I mean, and, and these are the rules that, even though it's legal, you're not supposed to bet on even if it doesn't involve your team. Like, you can't bet on any of it. And I don't know how they found these things out. I don't know how they... Some of them, it's, it's obvious, but some of these things, like, how do they find out that these people bet on these things? I don't know. Well, you know, like, Pat Fitzgerald got fired from Northwestern for the hazing stuff, even though, like, he didn't partake in it obviously or you know he didn't say do it you know if he was told about it he kind of turned a blind eye or just didn't have institution or control over the institution and ultimately he bears the responsibility of that for these programs and uh who was the wasn't there uh was it the northwestern coach that got fired for betting on baseball maybe it was alabama uh alabama. A, a baseball coach that got fired for betting and whatnot but I'm not saying I I don't think that the head coaches of these respective programs, uh, like the, these different sports within Iowa and Iowa State, deserve to be fired because how how are they to know that their players are betting on certain sports? But there does come a question about institutional control and. Oh. Like, I don't know. How, I assume the number of players is going to grow from this Iowa-Iowa State fiasco, but who bears the most responsibility? Is it truly just going to fall on the players here, or is this going to climb up further to the top? Is our coaches going to get hit? Are our athletic directors going to get hit? President, something. Like, is anyone in true jeopardy here, or is it just the players that made these stupid bets? Oh, it'll be just the players. They'll use the players as a scapegoat. Like, if you're a coach, you should never bet. If you're a player, like, if you're not a star player, I guess I'm okay with you betting. I don't know how you would regulate that. So, you know, only the uh, the shitty players can bet. You can't do that. Well, I mean, you, for Iowa State, you have a starting quarterback here. That's not good. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty yeah. And, and, and some of the bets were when he was a backup. And, yeah, he started last year and was going to be there sort of this year. But obviously, is isn't going to happen anymore. So, yeah, you're just going to run into this. If this stuff is legal, people are going to think they can do it or get away with it. Even though I'm sure they have meetings. They've had meetings now, I'm sure, saying, hey, don't do this. But people don't listen. And they're going to continue. Continue to bet. And there's going to be consequences. It's like, uh, you know, you, you think you're invincible. You're not the one that's going to get caught. You're not the one that's going to get in the accident. And here we are with a pretty damning story from, you know, regarding Iowa and Iowa State. And I just, I think it's, I think the fallout's going to continue to happen here. Um, like especially, I like, think college kids are probably poor, don't have much money. But if you're like a... Uh, a professional athlete, like, what's the point of betting? Just for fun, I guess. You're not you know, winning money to change anything there. Um, but you just wait till you're done playing. Wait till your career's over. And you can bet as much as you want. Yeah. So, like, uh, what Jordan Anderson did with, with speed. I'm like, don't do that. 
Like it doesn't take a genius. You're, you're only an athlete for a short amount of time. If you're lucky, you'll have a 10 year career. Mm-hmm. During that time, don't ride motorcycles. Don't uh, put yourself in dumb positions. Don't go 150 miles per hour in 55. Don't have guns. Don't do stupid shit. It's a very short time where you don't have to do this stuff. Uh, you, I mean, you retire, you can become an idiot and do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, that's common sense to you and I. That's not common sense no. to some of these guys because, again, you know, they've either had nothing and now have so much or they just feel like they're invincible. But yeah. I just... Yeah, don't bet. You know the rules. If you think you aren't going to get caught, well, guess what? There's clearly some good uh, good journalism still going on here in this world that, uh, you know, people found this stuff out. So now your careers, your collegiate careers, and who knows what would have transpired um, later on in life. But you know how some of these, sometimes these athletes, they can, they can use their careers as athletes athletes in college to get decent jobs coming right out of graduating from college like you can get hired you know and lawyer for you know banking whatever like you can get some pretty good jobs right out of the gate without maybe having to start at the bottom because they look at your characteristics like how you know your your just the, the character that you are the um, you know the, the leadership qualities that you present uh, you know displaying a level of toughness and now you're like, oh, I was charged with gambling and stuff. Like, okay, you know, that's a big red flag here. <laughs> like, that's this. This could derail their entire lives. A silly little thing like making a bet. Like, I don't know if these guys are going to maybe transfer. I don't know if anybody would want them, but I can't imagine they're going to, especially the quarterback, going to stay at the school they're at. But yeah, it goes back to what you said about does anybody want to take a chance on? Like, I don't consider it, like, this major offense. Like, I don't care. You're not supposed to do it, so don't do it. And they did. Like, I wouldn't have much of an issue uh, signing one of these guys if they're good enough. So, but I'm sure other people have different different ideas about it. Yeah. I just, but again, I'm looking more at the grand scheme of things, the game of life. And you you might now have, because this is a criminal charge on your record when people do background checks on you for a job they are going to see this and it's going to be like it's going to raise a red flag about are you the best fit for my company well maybe not so they just dumb so that's what's going on there well again we'll have plenty more to talk about regarding college football next week as we really get going here college uh, camps have opened up here in south dakota usd sdsu other area Colleges have begun camp, so uh, very excited about SDSU football this year. And um, you know, who was the dumbass that gave North Dakota State the one first place uh, vote in the Missouri Valley Conference? I'm gonna guess it was a North Dakota State person. Dom Izzo. No, nope. I think he. I don't think he would have done. No, that. I mean that's the first thing. I don't think he voted in it, but I, I, I yeah, there were 45 votes. Yep. What, 10 or 11 schools? How many schools are 11? 12. 12 this year. Uh, Western last well, year for this. What about three, three and a half per school? So you have an SID, you have a coach, you have a media person. But I assume it was like Zimmer, Jason Hove, and Jimmy Rogers for SDSU. All right. So, so, so. J- 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 yeah, like, yeah, I mean, people. 
Swanee. People think SDSU is going to be pretty good. I mean, this is, this is the first year where they've been the favorite in the country. Yes. To win the whole thing. So we'll see how they deal with that. I think they'll deal with it just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Because of that stability at the top with Jimmy Rogers. Yeah. You're not bringing in someone new. You're bringing in someone who, I mean, who's been I mean, a staple of this program since you and I were in school. And you've got, I mean, the quarterback is back. Isaiah Davis is back. The Yankee uh, twins, the twins are back. Twins. So they've got, I mean, offensively should be great. Defensively should be fine. So, yeah, you've got uh, All-Americans all around this team. So yes. it should be a fun and exciting season where they shouldn't really lose more than a game. You wouldn't think. They should They should roll. I mean, they should be dominant mm-hmm. and a lot of games. So, yeah, whoever will look back and see what happens on the season. But if 44 people say something and you're the one outlier – like, I don't know what, what that person saw in that championship game that they would consider North Dakota State the favorite in that conference. And then, like all, and then all the turmoil since. Like, they've had a lot of guys leave. Like, who's come in to North Dakota State that you're like, oh, yeah, that they, they can overtake SDSU now? I would like to, like, whoever that person is, that'd be cool to say, okay, so why do you think this way? Why do you disagree with every, why are you uh, the outlier? And who knows, SDSU could succumb to the pressure. And you never know about injuries or whatnot, but as you're going into the season, it's pretty evident, pretty clear what uh, who the better team is. So, yeah. I mean, it's just, just crazy. So that's college football there. Um, let's get to some Major League Baseball. We've got the trade deadline that just happened. The Twins, all they did was exchange a uh, you know, bullpen... Uh, uh, struggling bullpen arms between them and the Marlins. Uh, quite disappointing by the Twins, but I think more people are disappointed by the Yankees and Red Sox for really not doing anything. The Mets were major sellers, and the big buyers, the big winners out of the trade deadline, at least as of right now, reside entirely in the AL West with the Astros and Rangers. Rangers getting Max Scherzer from the Mets. Uh, they'd already gotten Aroldis Chapman from the Royals. They got some other guy, too, I can't remember. They made a, another move. Uh, the, uh, the Astros got, uh, uh, Justin Verlander. He makes another return to Houston. Um, and then the Angels, I was really impressed with what the Angels did. They took Shohei Otani off of the trade market. They said, no, we're going to keep him. They get... Uh, Lucas Giolito, the starting pitcher from the White Sox. They get a couple of uh, an outfielder and first baseman from Colorado to help you know put some bats in the lineup. So they are trying to show Otani like, hey, we're we're trying to do this here for you. So I think that the exclusively the big winners here are the Astros and Rangers. But the I give a, a lot of kudos to the Angels for at least attempting. To, to show that they are trying to win and make it to the playoffs. I think the Angels are one of the dumbest franchises in sports. Oh, whoa. whoops. I, that's fine. I mean, they made moves. Good to make moves. I think they're so fucking stupid. I mean, I don't, I guess, I let me preface this by saying... I think they're trying. They are trying to do yes. something. Yep, that's, that's, the major, that's the major point I'm trying to make, is that they are showing that they are attempting <laughs> to get in. I, I, like, I, don't, I don't think I like they're attempting to... I don't think I don't think they're making the playoffs. Why you wouldn't trade Otani is beyond me. 
you have the greatest baseball player there has ever been. There's like no debating at this point. Like, who's the best baseball player ever? And you can talk about, you know, Willie Mays and Babe Ruth and, and Mickey Mantle and this guy and that guy. Like, at this point, nobody's ever done what Otani has done. Mm-hmm. He's not back. You could get rid of him for a two-month rental, and you're going to get you're going to get something for him. Mm-hmm. More than, This was a pretty weak trade market. Yes. And you could have gotten quite a bit from him. So, so why they didn't do that, I don't know. I thought the Mets did great. My big winner are the Mets. They signed the two pitchers, the two old pitchers, for a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It did work out. They're not very good. They're not going anywhere. Got their losses. Got uh, the Astros' best prospect. Yeah, there's no reason to keep these guys. You're not going to be good next year. If Scherzer and, and Verlander were closer to 35 than 40, then maybe you give it another go. Mm-hmm. But Scherzer hasn't been all that good this year. So for, for Texas, hopefully for Texas' sake, he gets better than he's been. Uh, Verlander's been good. Hey, kind of a rough start, injured. And then he's been good over the past oh, few weeks or a month. Mm-hmm. So I like what the Mets did. Money is no object to them. They're going to pay half of the Verlander and Scherzer salary. So they're, they're essentially buying some prospects. And they got some good ones. And you know, they're not going to be very good next year. But maybe in a couple years, uh, they'll be all right. So I, like, I like what the Mets, yeah, Mets did. I, I agree with you that I like that the Mets said, okay, it clearly isn't working out. Uh, but, I mean, they spent – they were like top three or four in Major League Baseball in offseason spending – this year, so that's a huge. I think, I think they had the biggest payroll of all time. They were three hundred. Okay, okay. three hundred and fifty million. It's bad like that they, they are at this point. But you're right that they are winners for cutting their losses, getting some good prospects. They sent their closer Robinson to the Marlins, and he, no. he promptly blows a save against the Phillies Tuesday night. So that's got to make Philly fans every or uh, Marlins fans everywhere feel really good. I, I like what they did. Like, get rid of these guys. You're not yeah. good. And you're not going to be good next year by keeping them. So, yeah. yeah you trade your closer. Trade to trade whoever you can. I mean, you got Pete Alonso still there. You got Francisco Lindor. So, you got a couple of couple of guys there of, of interest. I'm sure they will stay. I think you can. And the Angels, like the Angels didn't trade Otani, which I think is a huge mistake. Uh, they're not making the playoffs. And even if they do, like, do we expect them to do anything? Do you expect them to win a series? Do you no. expect them to knock off Texas or Houston? Not unless Otani pitches every game. <laughs> yeah, unless he, yeah, unless he does that. And then and the Padres didn't sell, which I'm fine with because the Padres are significantly younger than than these Mets guys are. Mm-hmm. And San Diego proved last year they can just get into it. They're they're dangerous. Mm-hmm. They haven't done well. Their offense hasn't been good. But if, if the Padres can maybe pull off what the Phillies did last year, where all they got to do is get in. And if they get in and Soto gets out and Machado gets out, Tatis gets out, they got Blake Snell, they got uh, Joe Musgrove, they've got you Darvish. Like, you know, there, there's a lot of reason to like the team, but they just got to get into the playoffs first, which probably ain't going to happen. So you know, they could have gotten rid of their closer, Josh Hader. They could have gotten uh, moved. To, they could have moved Blake Snell. He's going to be a free agent. But they didn't. Mm-hmm. And the Angels made some moves. I don't think these guys are going to make, you know, Randall Gritchick, C.J. Crone, like these these okay guys. 
Like, I don't, you know. I think you can be. Lucas Giolito, he got his brains beat in today against the Braves. So it's like, they made moves, but I, I just kept watching it, and all the Angels make another trade. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, you're making trades to do what? I see. I think you can be winners and losers at the same time. Um, I, 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 I totally understand where you're coming from with the Angels regarding not trading Otani, but I think you you have to say like that they are winners to a degree by getting Giolito. I mean, yeah, he had a rough outing, but I mean, the Braves are really good. I think just to bolster that and make moves to tr- in an attempt to make it to the uh, to the playoffs. I think that's well, why. Like I, would... I said, like, if they make it to the playoffs, then what? Well, right now they are. Th- like if, if they get the six seed, they're going to play the Twins. Which maybe they could beat the Twins. The Twins just got swept by the Royals. Play. So I think you like that is in and of itself. If you get to play the Twins, if you're the Angels, sure. you can you can advance, and anything is possible. So is it uh, is it worth it to to beat the Twins? Uh, I don't. So go uh, to the Angels. Good for the Mets. Yeah, there really wasn't a whole lot of big names, of big shakeups. Few guys went here or there. There wasn't like that big name, and that's why I would have traded Otani because there wasn't that big, big name out there. It's like, okay, this is by far the biggest name out there. Yep. Uh, if it was, I mean, Verlander was probably the best guy they got traded, and offensively, yep. I, I couldn't even tell you who the the best who's who's the best off who's the best hitter. That got traded. That's going to make an impact. That that remains to be seen. Yeah, so. it was it was a very weak market. Uh, in terms of batters uh, at the trade deadline. I think Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer would have to be the top two. But I think that's why the Mets... I I think for the Mets, that's why I would put them as both a winner and a loser as well. I mean, winner because you're getting good prospects back, but losers because you're saying you're effectively giving up on the season that had so much promise because of the signings that you had. You're like, well, we swung and missed at this one. So we're cutting our losses early. We're not just going to, you know, just keep up with this charade which is good. You know, you're getting good prospects back, but at the same time, it's like, okay, where the Mets will just keep floundering and doing these ridiculous things time after time. It's like kind of like when the you know, Washington would sign, like, Albert Hainsworth. You're like, oh, what a big money move there. Washington's finally going to do something. No, you're just the same silly, stupid franchise that can't get out of its own way and just continually underperforms. That's what the Mets are. And I know a lot of teams have spent a lot of money recently, and I don't think this is going to change, but Padres have spent a lot of money. They've not been good. Mm-hmm. Mets spent a lot of money. They've not been good. You know, uh, Texas spent a lot of money, and that's, I guess that's okay. Even though, like, Jacob deGrom is hardly pitched. Well, he's and he's out for the foreseeable future, and they weren't, they didn't make the playoffs last year, I don't believe, right? Uh, and they spent a lot of money. And Marcus Simeon, he's done great. They spent a lot of money on him a couple years ago. Uh, Corey Seager's been great. He's been hurt a little bit. But, you know, a lot of, a lot of their guys that they didn't spend big money on, is yeah, they got Nathan Eovaldi, who's pitched well, and he's hurt right now. But you know, just because you spend a lot of money doesn't mean you're going to uh, gonna be good. And the Twins, I thought more about the Twins. And I like the, the move, the one move they did, because Jorge Lopez just – Whatever is wrong with him, I don't know if it can be fixed. Well, like, think, he just did not. That, like, you just don't know what you're going to get from him. And he was so great last year with Baltimore, and then he struggled so much with the Twins. He was so great for the first six weeks of this season. Yeah. And then it completely fell off. They went on this mental health list. It didn't work. So, yep. 
Dylan Floral, you know. I agree. It's just it's stunning. I mean that that was a good trade made. Like the Twins made an effort last year at the trade deadline. What they got Malley from the Reds. They brought Lopez in. They brought someone else in too. Like they made moves to get pitchers, and it's like whoa. Um, you just don't know. It's like the draft. You when you make these trades, you just don't know how these prospects are going to perform. You don't know how the established guys that you get. You just don't know how this is going to end up. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I mean, with the Twins, I thought, you know what? Like, what's the point of doing anything? Like, what's the point? You're not going anywhere. You're you're just not going anywhere. You know, they, they said, oh, maybe we'll get a right-handed bat to help us with lefties. They didn't address the bullpen really at all. No, they, they've got their team. They just have to perform. They've yeah. got the guys. Just do well. Do you starting, think- pitch, starting pitching is taking a bit of a step back, which is to be expected considering how good they were. Now, the offense is coming around a little bit, mm-hmm. but both things can't be good at once. The pitching and offense just can't be good at the same time. So, Isn't- you know, it's, it's, it seems impossible for them to not win. I mean, Cleveland, they were sellers. Chicago got rid of half their damn team. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, Cleveland was no hit last night, so Don't you they're think- not interested in winning at all. So. Yeah, wasn't that- I mean, they've given up. This is the Twins division. Try not to blow it. Wasn't that surprising that Cleveland, just sitting a game back of the Twins, just openly said, yeah, we're not looking to win it this year. We're well, not I mean, making it. realistic expectations. They know they're not very good. They know that, you know, similar to the Angels. Yeah. Like, okay, let's say the Twins piss it down their legs again and, and, and Cleveland wins this division. What are they going to do in the playoffs? They're not. Next to nothing. I mean, they're not going to beat anybody. So what's the point? Yep. I mean, they've got good pitching, good pitching depth, so they let that go. Uh, Cleveland just can't hit. They haven't been able to hit for a couple years, so they need something offensively. They got rid of Josh Bell, their first baseman. They got rid of uh, their uh, second baseman, Ahmed Rosario, to or shortstop to the Dodgers. Uh, they got rid of Aaron Savali, who was maybe their best pitcher over the past month. So, And, I mean, they're still going to be in this thing because the Twins – Twins can't help themselves. There's think- nothing that Twins are going to do to where it's going to be the final week of the season. Twins are going to have like a two-game lead. You're like, all right, if you win three games this final week, you'll win this division with 82 wins. Yeah, It's it's a pathetic division. Like the Twins aren't terrible, but they should be a whole hell of a lot better than they are because... It is a stinging indictment that they were swept by the Royals last week. And I'm just wondering, was what happened in the final two games of that series against the Mariners, specifically in the second game, when, what, they had a four-run lead, the bullpen, you know, Rocco makes his bullpen oh, moves. Oh, who gave it up, Sacken? Who gave it up? Uh, was it, who was it? Um, I mean, Emilio Pagan? What uh, a fucking stunner. What I, a fucking stunner that was. I and just, then after that, he's been pitching well. And he'll pitch well for a month, and then once he gives it up, he won't give up just one run. No, he'll give up three or four. So, I, um, but there, where was Duran? Where were the other guys that were that were doing so well for the? This team is not serious about winning. I I know that's so not. They haven't been for the, the way they manage their pitching staff, the way they manage the bullpen, the way they manage Buxton. This is not a serious team. They may think they're they're doing the right things. They may think, hey, we're, we're doing the best we can. If this is the best they can do, that's fucking pathetic. It is, absolutely. I just wonder, you know, with the way that, that game two ended, I, 
I truly think that that was it was a hangover against Kansas City because the way they lost game two, it's a game they should have won. They almost came back to win game three, so I'll give them credit for that. They didn't just lay down, though it looked that way initially uh, in that in that uh, Wednesday afternoon game. But then to lose the way, and then uh, I mean, we got Duran coming in and you know got control. She gives up a, a grand slam to the Royals in the tenth inning Friday night. It's like, oh come on, really? Like you can't even you can't even win the game there. Then they lose uh, ten to seven Saturday night, two to one. You muster one run off Royals pitching. I come on, it just is. It's embarrassing. What happened, but I have to think that what transpired against Seattle, specifically Tuesday night, helped contribute to the hangover that they had against the Royals. You get swept by the Royals, you just should abandon the season almost. It's it's embarrassing. Yeah. It, it really is. Um, and you thought maybe you know, with that sweep they had, they had lost five in a row, and you feel like, well, maybe this will this will spark them to say we need to make some moves somewhere along the line because. Like, we want to win this division. Like we are the best team in the, this division, and we're two games up here with uh, fifty-five to go. When, like, honestly, they should be ten games up at this point. Absolutely, Cleveland's under five hundred. Cleveland can't score. Eh, they, I mean, it's you know, it, it's just it's so fickle of a season because we were just talking last week about how good the Twins were, eight and two coming out of the All Star break. Look how well they're playing. Now here you get Seattle at home. You should win two of the three games in this series after splitting with them out in uh, in Seattle. And then you go to Kansas City for three. Should win that. Perhaps win two out of three against St. Louis. Like things are things are rolling for this club. And then it just goes south. It seems just so damn frustrating. It, they really are. It's yeah, like like yeah. Frustrating is the word. That is the word of this season. Frustrating. This is not the worst team, Twins team of all time, and it's far from it. But it's one of the most frustrating of all time, for sure. And yeah, you win that Seattle game, you win a, one or two of those, it looks a lot better, and you don't give up grand slam to Kansas City this weekend, then it looks a little bit better. Yes, you but, win two two more games last week. If you win one more against Seattle and even one against Kansas City. You lose a series against Kansas City, not great, but okay, you, you still won... You, 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 you lost the series on the road. It wasn't like you lost the series at home. To get swept by them is just bad on the heels of two games against Seattle where the pitching wasn't good, uh, particularly the bullpen in game two. Pablo Lopez pitched well last night against St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you, you got to win two or three if not sweep St. Louis. Yes. They were, I mean, they were in the last place for a reason. They got rid of, rid of some, some guys, some pitching depth for them. And then you got Arizona who's not been good last month, but Arizona's still in the mix, so yep. I feel like you, you want to take two or three from them, so still plenty of opportunities. You still got two months to go in this goddamn baseball season, but <laughs> um, they're, still, they're, still, they're still hanging around. You mentioned the, the, the Dodgers. Interesting note from the trade deadline is that one of the... They tried to make a trade for a, a starting pitcher from the Detroit Tigers. Uh, Rodriguez, I believe. Yep. And he nixed the trade. Apparently, the Dodgers are one of like the four teams on a no trade clause or something for him. I believe I read, and the what? Dodgers deployed a platoon of players to try and persuade Rodriguez to join them in LA. <laughs> and he said, 
nah, that's fine. I don't want to potentially win in the postseason. Uh, I mean, not like the Dodgers will, because the Dodgers, outside of a COVID year, they don't they underperform in the postseason. But he'd rather not even make it with that uh, with the Tigers. It just to me, it's so weird. And then he says on Wednesday, nothing against them. I just didn't want to get traded. I want you know, I wanted to stay in Detroit for my family. Okay, like he has every right to do so, but it's one of these rare deals where you could you are going to a I would let's just say the 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 Dodgers are a World Series contender. They will likely choke in the playoffs just like they do pretty much every year apart from that COVID year and you're stuck with a Detroit Tigers team that's not sniffing the playoffs at all this year. It's just a very very surprising move. Albeit, you know, an unexpectedly good one. Like you, you always talk about, you know, loyalty with players. He's being loyal to the Tigers, and I respect that. It was just very surprising. Yeah, it's one of those deals where, like, we look at it and say, well, why wouldn't you want to go to the Dodgers and potentially go to the World Series? And then you look, because we kind of look at these players, and they're just names and they're players. But they're like, oh, yeah, they've got wives and children. And if somebody went to you and said, oh, you're going to go from St. Cloud, we're going to trade you to Bismarck, yeah. or we're going to trade you to Minneapolis, or we're going to trade you to Duluth or wherever the hell. I want to, I want to be traded to Miami right now. I might get a hey, shot Miami. at the Dan Levitard show, Metal Arc Media. Funny human. There you go. Oh, I know. It'd be, it would be awful. But I'd if I like, think you land me at Metal Arc Media, I might be okay with that. And I'd be like, you know what? Do I want to leave my wife and kids? Because that's what these people have to do now. Yes. They have to leave their wife and kids. For the next two to three months, it's like, well, we're starting school. Yep. There's all these other things that, like, I don't think anybody ever considers. Like, well, why wouldn't he go? And that was kind of my thought. Well, why wouldn't he go? Well, it's a family thing. He wants to be closer to the East Coast, I guess, to yeah. wherever his family's at. So I can understand that and be like, all right, to where, you know, if you're if you're another player and then that's not quite as important to you or maybe – Maybe you live somewhere else rather than the maybe your your home state is somewhere else than the city in which you live or city in which you play. Then maybe that's a bit easier. But um, yeah, it's he would have been one of the better pitchers traded. And the Dodgers made some interesting moves. They, they at one point they had traded for like the four worst players in baseball. <laughs> it's not a war because Lance Lynn has an ERA closer to seven. Mm-hmm. And I think he'll probably be a lot better with them. He pitched okay the other night. He gave up three solo home runs, and that was it. And Kike Hernandez from Boston's versatile, but not a very good hitter. And he's spent 20 years with the Dodgers, so they bring him back. And they get the guy from Cleveland, Rosario, who's not much of a hitter. And they got Joe Kelly, who they used to have, who was – in a year near six or above six for the White Sox. So they brought back some guys they're familiar with to, to patch some holes. So change of scenery, those guys should probably do probably better than they have. Mm-hmm. But and with the Yankees and Red Sox, it's like they're not going anywhere either. Like they're not they're not contenders. So I'm okay with those teams pretty much staying pats because this is this is Baltimore, Texas, and Houston. Yes. It would be stunning if it's not one of those three teams in the World Series. It'd be stunning if it's not two of those three teams in the in the championship game. Mm-hmm. Probably going to be Houston and somebody else. So, yep. Um, at, at, at this point, uh, I'm just reading here because Eduardo Rodriguez, the pitcher from the Tigers that we're talking about, uh, he pitched uh, in Detroit six three win against 
Pittsburgh on Wednesday. So he addressed the the media afterwards regarding it. Was talking about how it's you know kind of like a family decision and um, and whatnot. But then I'm reading further in this article here by I believe it's Jeff. Is it Jeff? Pat- no, it's just ESPN News Services here. Um, and it says he can opt out of a five-year, $77 million deal that he signed with the Tigers in 2021 after this season. If he does opt out of this deal, this is, then I think I'm changing my tune on the, the stupidity of this. Because it's a, it's a small sacrifice to do it for a couple of months here for the season. Like, it... If you don't want to do it long term, that's fine. If you choose to opt out and then say go to the Dodgers or go to someone else that requires you to move your family, then that's a little like he better stay in Detroit because of this. He better not opt out and go elsewhere because other then like nixing a trade to the to the Dodgers to stay in Detroit is utterly ridiculous. If he does opt out and he doesn't stay with Detroit, he will probably stay on the East Coast. Because I don't know where his family's at. Like, I don't know if they're in Detroit. I'm sure they're with him now, but I don't know where. Like, he used to be with Boston. Is he, is he still in Boston? I don't know. So if, if he does opt out, I don't know if he will. But if he does, I'd be okay with it, as long as it's probably an East Coast team, which I would expect it would be. It has. To, I mean, it's got to be somewhere close to to the. Yeah, like I would think he'll go to the Angels, or the Dodgers, or the Padres, or Arizona, or Seattle. I would say he'll be in the in the East. Yeah, yeah. It's just to me, I wouldn't opt out of that decision if I were him because of it. I mean, it, it if he chooses to go elsewhere, it just to me it doesn't make a ton of sense. It's a minor like two month inconvenience. I understand from the families. I'm not trying to. Um, I mean, like, when you're an athlete like that, and he's a pretty good pitcher, I mean, that's part of the deal. Like, yeah. you know, there, I mean, and he has that no-trade clause probably for a reason. Like, he doesn't want to go to the West Coast. So, yeah, he made that decision where, hey, I don't, I don't want to do that for a couple months. I'd rather I'd rather do this. My season's going to end here in a couple months. So, like, uh, yeah, but as a player, like, well, you know, I can do this. I you play to win a World Series. You play for postseason baseball. And, you do. So why? Yeah. And I get to do that. And instead, you're going to be in Detroit or you're going to waste away. But that's that's what he prioritizes. That's his decision. So. Yep. Uh, and again, kudos to him for, for making that decision. I just don't want to see him opt out. Then if he if the whole I, yeah. go, you got to stay. Yep. You got to either stick with Detroit or if you're going to leave, you got to go to a winning team because that's. I mean that's just what it is at this point. Um, the the Yankees mentioned then they didn't do anything, and a lot of people were stunned by that because normally the Yankees make a move to try and get in it here, and you look at the standings here, and they are the last place team in the AL East, uh, three games above 500, 55 and 52. The Rays are spanking them in New York right now. Um, this week and so the Rays seem to be back on track which is good but it's rather stunning that the Yankees opted not to do anything are they doing it because they feel like they're too far back which you never see the Yankees really wave the white flag I, what do we make well, of the, what they're 55 and 52 
Yeah. What's the Angels' record? Angels are 56 and 53. So they have the same record? Yes. The Angels did all these moves because they think they're going to do something. Like, imagine them thinking, we got C.J. Cronin, Randall Gridrick, and Lucas Giolito. That'll keep Otani here. It's like, no, it's not. You're not making the playoffs. And, yeah, the Yankees, like, the Yankees are not close. The Yankees are not, oh, we're a piece away. We can just get a pitcher or a hitter. We're going to contend. No. They can't beat Tampa Bay. They can't beat Baltimore. They're not better than Toronto. They're not better than Houston or Texas. Like, this is not the Yankees' year. So there's no... There's no reason to go after something. Like, who are they going to go after? It's just rare. It's just really weird to see the Yankees essentially wave the white, uh, the pinstripe flag here and say. And it's like the Twins. It's like we've got our roster set. Our guys just have to do better. Like Anthony Rizzo's been terrible. Aaron Judge has been out for what almost two months now with that toe. Yeah. Like you know, their their offense is horrible, and but it's they, not easily and, and 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 as bad as they've been. They're still three games over 500. It looks weird that they're in last, but they're in this crazy division where every team's going to finish above 500. To where if they were a little farther west in geography, they'd be winning that division outright. Yep, but they are uh, still the Yankees, and you know if they were well, in the Twins division, maybe they would you know make a move to help bolster, or maybe then then it makes sense to stay intact. Like okay, we know we're the best team in this division. We're only up you know three games above 500. What? whatnot but we're we're gonna we're gonna be fine in this division for the yankees to say yeah we're not really gonna do anything and we're in last place in the al east it's just like it, it, to me it just feels like they're waving the white flag both new york teams have waved the white flag on the season the mets made moves to get rid of guys to bring in good prospects the yankees didn't do anything and that's what maybe is more surprising in all of this is that they didn't really help bolster their farm system or whatever and i don't know where their farm system is ranked, but by not doing anything, you're just remaining intact, and you're a team right now that's not very good and getting their their butts handed to them by the Rays. I commend the Mets for doing what they did because it can be awfully tempting to when you're competing against the Yankees, you're in the same town as the Yankees. Mm-hmm. The Yankees never rebuild. They just go out and go, who do we need? Oh, we need this guy. Here's $200 million. Come yep. join our team. So I commend the Mets for trying to rebuild here because they're not going to be very good next year. Maybe they'll stun everybody. Maybe the Mets sign Otani in the offseat. Who knows? Because that owner, he'll, he'll, I don't think money is an issue. So if Otani wants to go to the Mets, I'm sure they'll have him mm-hmm. or, whatever, or whatever check he wants. But the Yankees never rebuild. Like the Yankees' bad years are when they win 84 games and miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's a bad year for the Yankees. So... I, I mean, it's like they don't they don't need to do anything. You don't need to – this is not the year. Like, teams that needed needed to do something or did something, uh, you know, Texas, Texas thinks they can win it all. Houston thinks they can win it all. Uh, Baltimore, no reason why Baltimore can't win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the National League, everybody's chasing Atlanta. So nobody really did a huge move in the National League, but – like if you're those three teams in the American League and they made and they all made moves, dealt their pitching. That's what that's what they should have done. Everybody else, you're playing for second, third, and fourth. I just I'm looking at the Angels' schedule right now, and granted, there's only two months left in the season, but August is a big month for the Angels. 
They have four games at home with the Mariners now. They're tied with the Mariners right now in the standings. So this is a way to jump up not only a team within the division, because they're six games back. Each team six games back of the Rangers and and Astros, which isn't a, a whole heck of a lot. In all honesty, given... Where were they in the wild card? Maybe three, four back? Yeah, three and a half back of the last spot. So... And you look at, okay, are they going to jump Tampa? Are they going to jump Toronto? No, you are looking at that final spot. I mean, they are... Okay, let let me bring up the wild card standings here. Well, you've got Tampa, Toronto... And who's the other boss? Houston. Houston is technically, even though they're, they're tied with... Um, oh, yeah, I think Houston probably wins the division. But, yeah, you've got, you know, Texas, Toronto, and Tampa. Do the Angels think they're jumping any of those teams? If they do, they're nuts. I don't know. I think they're six games back right now of the... They're, they're three and a half games back of the Blue Jays for the final... Spot so not inconceivable that they could catch him. Really, two and a half, six games back of the Astros. Um, well, they're not winning the division. They're not going to the playoffs. No, their goal should be to finish I, over five hundred. So impress me, impress me, and win eighty-two games. Well, and that's I'm just that's why I say August is a big month because the teams that, that they're playing they can catch in the standings. The Mariners they have them for four. That those four games are. At Angel Stadium. So that's coming up here this week. Then you have three with the Giants. Giants are battling here, so that's that's tough. And then you have three at Houston and three at Texas. Next week is the big, big week for the Angels because of the, the road trip to Texas that they're making here. Make up some ground in the, in the division. You have to be able to go beat the Astros and the Rangers in Texas. Then you have the Rays coming uh, to town after that, the Reds who are suddenly, you know, who are good, then a, an East Coast trip to the Mets and Phillies. That's at the end of the month, not big. But, like, between now and August 20, between now and August 23rd, we'll know if the Angels are serious contenders or whatnot. And it really, I think, boils down to next week uh, with that that road trip to Texas. If you want to make up any ground, you have to have at least a winning record um, on that road trip. You have to go four and two next week. You can't go three and three. You have to go minimum four and two. And how ridiculous is it going to look that you know, by this time next week or in two weeks that they're six out of the wild card? Right. Yeah. And thirty games left. And like, well, we made all these minor moves to try and. Yep. Oh, Otani left. We didn't get anything. That's why if the Mets, the Mets bring back Verlander and Scherzer, and they do don't don't do anything next year, and they have nothing to show for it. Right. Like, all right, we're bad, and we didn't get anything. Yep. Well, next year they're going to be bad, but they're going to have a future. They're going to have hope. They're oh, we got this prospect, we got this guy coming up. So that'll be exciting for them. And the Mets got Ronald Acuna Jr.'s brother. Yeah. So we'll see if he's any good. Yeah. Ronald his brother. But we'll see so, if he's so the Angels, this this next couple of weeks here, that's going to be it, it's a tough schedule. Don't get me wrong, but you make these moves to try and show you know to to, to show Shohei that you're in it to win it, that you're going to make a push for the postseason. Well, these guys will need to step up right away because that's a daunting schedule. But it's one where if the Angels can succeed, they can make up ground in both the division and in the wild card standing. So, not saying that's going to happen, but. 
this is the telltale sign with the angels here coming up over the next few weeks. Um, oh, I, I trust me. I I would I would not be I would not make the bet that they would, but this is the time that they're going to have to do it to show that they can. Um, you mentioned the no hitter earlier this week with uh, Framber Valdez, uh, my AL Cy Young pick against Cleveland. Very efficient, ninety five pitches. Uh, gave up one hit and faced the the minimum the, the minimum twenty seven batters because the the guy hit the the next batter hit into a double play, very impressive. Uh, granted, it was against the Guardians, and then Houston uh, wins again Wednesday here against the Guardians, so they sweep them. So that's that's good and everything. But um, apparently, the Astros have now had five no hitters in the last five years, the most in Major League Baseball. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, they've got, what, 16 all-time. I'm sure Nolan Ryan has a few, but uh, Verlander has one or two. And, yeah, they, uh, that's a lot. Like, you know, one a year for five years, that's that's unusual. Did Francisco Liriano have a no-hitter against them? Didn't and the White Sox. Is it the White Sox? Okay. I thought it was he... Not that he walked, like, six guys at least. I think it was not. Not an impressive no-hitter, but it was a no-hitter. Yep. Yeah, I just remember. I remember Francisco Liriano against Houston for some reason. Um, he had a big game in 06, Roger Clemens. He was on ESPN. Yes, and they. Oh, right, I think it was Roger Clemens' first game back when he would like take half a year off. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, Liriano at that point was probably the best pitcher on the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, their ass. And like, oh yeah, Liriano did really well, and Clemens did fine, but. Well, it was much better on that night. All those great Twins teams. And they just couldn't get through in the playoffs. And the Oakland A's were their nemesis, really. Uh, well, them and the Yankees. Well, Mariano got, got hurt that year. He was great for half a season. He was better than Santana. And you go to the playoffs against Oakland. The 06 Twins, if healthy, that may have been their best team. But, yeah, Liriano was... And Tommy John, so he was out. Mm-hmm. That was that was a big. They probably wouldn't have won anyway. Who were we kidding? But I know. They they, they, uh, they had peace. They had two aces. They had two a. They had two of the top five pitchers. And Morno, Mauer, everybody else. So that was oh six was a was an opportunity that was that was lost. It, yeah, fantastic bullpen. Joe Nathan, the closer. What uh, Eddie Gordado. Pitching, you had you know Jock Jones, Tory Hunter, Luis Rivas. Uh, was Doug and K- was Dougie still there at the time? Uh, was oh, all those guys had left, but they okay. You know, Jason Kubel, Michael Kadir, yes. those guys. So. Yeah, yep, great teams there. Uh, anything else baseball related that we need to get to? No, just kind of uh, made a big trade in the in one of the uh, fantasy leagues. I'm just we got about. You know, three, four, five weeks up before fantasy playoffs, or prepping the teams for that. I feel like I can in all three of my leagues. I feel like I, I can win it. I probably I, I won't win all of them. I feel like I got to win at least one. Okay. But my teams are good enough to where I should win one of these leagues because it's I've been happy with the way things have gone. Good. Well, continue to success there, and hopefully you do. Continue to make that push towards the the fantasy playoffs. Um, assume you don't want to talk about the World Cup at all. Did you get up and watch the game the other night, Shaka? I did. What's wrong with you, Shaka? What's what happened? 
<laughs> How much time do you have? Well, apparently Marcus's mom set an alarm and she watched it in bed at three in the morning. And he's like, what are you doing, mom? And like, if it's the final, okay, maybe. And think, nothing happened, as far as I know, nothing happened in this, in this match. The post was the MVP because Portugal nearly knocked the U.S. out. I think if the U.S. had sa- were like was safely into the next round, if they had won their first game six point, like if this game was meaningless, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have gotten up for it. But I, 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 I don't think I, I would not get up for what was it three o'clock in the morning? When was it? Uh, two a.m. Two a.m. Did you go to work the next day? I did. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. There was not a. Snowball's chance in hell? Unless it was a championship, you know, Super Bowl, World Series, something or other. I'm, Unless it was, there was not anything I would get up at. I'm very, watch. you know me, I'm very weird with regards to this stuff. Um, you know, when it comes to World Cup time, you know, like or Olympics and stuff, I'm all over it. I got up early last, you know, a couple weeks ago for the Open Championship. But that's, you know, that's the one year deal that I that I always do because I love the Open Championship. I don't know. I just wanted to, to watch it to support. I'm kind of like, this team is very frustrating this year. This is not a good team. Uh, well, they just haven't clicked and it's it's frustrating. So I think it was more so the, the circumstances surrounding it all and like, oh, are they going to be able to win their group? And then it became abundantly clear early on after the Netherlands got up 5 nothing in the first half against Vietnam. I'm like, okay, U.S. is not going to win their um, win their group, but let's see if they can break through and get a goal. They couldn't do that, and then they nearly lost an extra time. So, not good. Um, Sunday is likely their last game. Uh, that's a 4 a.m. Yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> Uh, I, I let's let me just be abundantly clear here. I am not getting up at two a.m. for all of these start times. I just got up the one day. All right. So one day two. I'm not doing this. I'm not like setting my alarm to watch soccer at two a.m. I'm not setting it to watch uh, Jam- uh, Panama against France. Not doing that. Fair enough. So good idea. All right. Good idea. So, it's just for the one time, and uh, hopefully there won't be... Hopefully never again. Yeah, ho- hope, well, yeah. And everyone's like, oh, well, why does it have to be at this time? Because um, not everything has to revolve around the U.S. And geography works. That's yeah. how geography and time works. Yeah, you know what? It's okay for other countries to ha- to host <laughs> big world events. Even, and that might mean getting up early to watch some live stuff. Yeah. Better you than me, I guess. I know. So, that's that. Uh, I'll have a few more World Cup thoughts here uh, later. But uh, is there anything else that we need to get to at all here before we say so long? Should be good. Uh-huh. I'm just wondering today, because ESPN's at Pickleball. Like, ESPN is at Pickleball. Like, the main ESPN. Yes, I've seen it Sundays at the gym. It's like... And they've had some odd things on. And, of course, they don't really cover baseball anymore. I was wondering, like, if like if football had like a, a, a baseball trade deadline where like actually things happened, it'd be like, like how crazy would they be on on uncovering that? Well, they do, I, like, to a degree. Like, they will. But have nothing happens in the NFL trade deadline. Like, nothing happens, and they cover it crazy. Yep. 
They, and to be fair, but then they, they have did, like a, was it on ABC? They had like a training camp special. Yes, it was a back. Like, it's back the, to football. It's like NFL yeah. Network, and it's every all all thirty two teams are in training camp. And like, and, what what the fuck is it? There's nothing to fucking talk about. I, I don't know. I don't. What well, do they talk about for two hours? We need a special for two hours to talk about practice. Have you? Have you? But that reminds me. Have you seen what's going on in Indianapolis here with Jonathan Taylor wanting out? The the Colts are claiming he has a back injury. He said, "No, I don't. He just wants out because he's not getting paid money." And Jim Irsay is like, "No, we're not going to trade him, and no, we're not going to pay him. This is blah blah blah." Meanwhile, he's handing out stacks of cash to fans and what? Like the Colts are a freaking disaster. I like. Like if I'm him, yeah, I'd want out of there because they're not going to be good for a while. And. Pay I don't know, do what Saquon Barkley did. Take your money and be happy. Pay the man. Pay the man. See, like, it seems like Saquon Barkley, uh, he changed his mind awfully quick. Yeah, he did. Uh, that... Like, oh, I'm going to hold out. I may, I may hold out. I may just have to. Oh, um, no. He I'm, to... I'll, I'll just take the money. Be he essentially made $2 million more than if he had gotten tagged. But not all like, of Like, none, none of these guys are going to win these battles with these holdouts. Like, none of these teams are going to cave and say... You know what? I think, I think we'll give you. A, I think we'll give you like a, a five-year deal worth eighty million. How's that sound? Yeah. Like nobody's going to like Delvin Cook. I guess. I'm sure he's just sitting out training camp at this point. Well, he said he was going to have a deal signed with the Jets last weekend. Like he wants to be in New York, and then nothing happens. It's like, is this creating more? I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to take a wild guess here and say once that third preseason game, final preseason game's done in about a couple weeks, I'm going to guess Delvin Cook's going to sign. With the Jets, probably. So. I, see, I'm wondering if he's trying to go to the Jets to get more leverage out of the Bills or the uh, the Dolphins. Like, he, he just don't want to do training camp. Like, don't do well, that. Listen, I agree, but at the same time, I think he would rather be in Miami because he's from Miami, or maybe he wants to be in Buffalo with his brother. And uh, I, I don't know. Also, we've, we've known this for a while, how big of a jackass Sean Payton is. But did you see, did you see what he said about Nathaniel Hackett last week? Former Denver I don't like Sean Payton. I like what he said because there's a Bronco fan I work with, so I have to hear about the Broncos quite often. Well, but what, what did, did Sean Payton tell any lies? Did he, he say anything that wasn't true? He said he was like the worst coach of all time. And hello, have you heard of Urban well, Meyer? Like the Broncos were expected to make the playoffs, and like Nathaniel Hackett seemed like he didn't. Like, he didn't know how to coach. Apparently he does, but it certainly didn't seem like it last year. Well, Roger says he's, he's the best coach he's ever been around. Well, Russell Wilson probably has a different opinion. Yeah, I'm sure he does, but does, isn't that... Because Russell, Russell Wilson looked like he forgot how to play football last year. Well, isn't that part of Russell Wilson's issue, too? He's getting older, and maybe he's not quite as good. Like, if Nathaniel Hackett's the best coach Roger's ever had, and Russell Wilson... Like, what does that say when Russell Wilson has just a, a, a awful year? But do you think that's wise of, of Sean Payton to say? Like, I just, like... I like that he said it because that's what everybody's thinking. And I mean, it's the truth. If you say the truth, no, if you say the truth, I have no problem with it. But if he said Even he's the worst coach... Of, if he says he's the worst coach of all time, have you not seen Urban Meyer? Like... Sure. At least, at least in, at the college level, Urban Meyer's all a favor. NFL, not so much. Yeah. But Nathaniel Hackett... I think Sean Payton did this to take pressure off Russell Wilson. So now what are we talking about? We're talking about Sean Payton and what he said. 
And we're not talking about how bad Russell Wilson was. Well, and Russell Wilson may still be bad because uh, they lost Tim Patrick, the wide receiver, for a second straight year to a season-ending injury. K, uh, KJ Hamler or whatever has been released by then, though they might bring him back. But all of a sudden, that wide receiver, uh, that wide receiving core is awfully thin, and maybe the Broncos might not be quite as good. I'm kind of coming around on the Browns, to be honest with you. The Browns, the, I I would rate the divisions right now. AFC East is going to be the best division in football this year, and then I think it's the AFC North. I really do. I think the, the AFC North has some has some battles approaching. That's a that's a tough division to pick. Yeah, Broncos should be better, but uh, yeah, we'll see. But we know Sean Payton's a major jackass, right? Like I think. Oh yeah, we, I, I I don't like him at all. No. Right. I don't like what he said. I'm like, yeah, good. You like what he said, but you don't like him as a person. He's just a monumental no. asshole. So that's right. There you go. Well, I wish you uh, success this week, uh, calling the game. Hopefully, it's not too hot after tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, the games are good. Enjoy the tournament, and we will talk to you next week, my friend. Well, I hope the games are quick. The weather's cool, and we'll see how it goes. Yes, and the rain stays away. Yeah, well, you can have the rain. Yeah. Oh. You can have the ring. Please, please send it my way. Please send it our way. We'll send it north. Oh, please, 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 please. All right, thank you, Krenz. We'll talk to you next week. All right, we'll see you later. Travis Krenz joining me here, Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time. As always, a lot that we went through there with the MLB trade deadline, uh, the, the, the monumental issues the Pac-12 is facing in uh, college athletics, primarily college football, with a mass exodus it appears approaching here, and then Big Ten teams poaching uh, other teams away. Maybe the maybe the Big 12 is going to poach Arizona. We'll see about that. But, yeah, a lot of issues there. But let's just talk again a little brief, a little more briefly on, on the World Cup. We'll get Marcus Traxler on next week. Uh, happy birthday, by the way, to Marcus. Marcus celebrating birthday. On uh, August 2nd, so happy birthday to Marcus. Today's your birthday. Happy, happy birthday. Blah, blah, blah. blah. Uh, Anyway, so happy birthday, Marcus. Let's talk about this World Cup, though. I got up at 2 a.m. because I'm ridiculous to watch this awful, awful performance by the U.S. And I really have to commend Carly Lloyd, former U.S. women's national soccer player. Won a couple World Cups. Very good. She's a very good player. She's uh, now analyst uh, doing doing stuff for the World Cup for Fox. And she basically said on set, like, hey, this is not good. Like, the manager sucks. Like, he's just not good. This is I, I brought this up a couple of years ago when I was still with the team. And no one's kind of letting me... Like, if you are on... If, if you are the head of U.S. soccer, how can you look at this... The U.S. is the best team in the world. And I don't say that, like, you know, you know, being obnoxious or anything. They just are. They are not playing like that at all. Japan's playing so much better. Sweden, who the U.S. has to face on Sunday, playing so much better right now. And I get you had a tough tough draw with the Netherlands. And they, they did draw to a 1-1 tie, but... I mean, the Netherlands are the ninth-ranked team in the world, so it's not like you know the U.S. got a cakewalk into into the knockout round, kind of like you know Spain and, and was it Spain and Japan or who? Well, well, let's look at the 
I mean, Japan had to play the likes of Zambia and Costa Rica. That doesn't exactly scream, um, yeah, it was Japan and Spain. That I mean, they, they, they had a cakewalk into the, um, like, you knew they were coming out. You knew they were going to win It was uh, advance. It was just a matter of who was going to win the group. It was Japan. Uh, they beat Spain, and that ultimately the difference maker. But it, Team USA has just looked out of sync. Passes are off. Shots are bad. They're kicking it backwards, and it leads to scoring chances. The defense hasn't been outstanding. Um, it just it hasn't looked good. They, their, their confidence obviously I think has to be shaken. Their communication is lacking. The system just sucks. And Vlatsky or Vlatko, whatever the, what the, I, I need. If I'm going to properly chastise him, I need to be able to. Uh, Vlat, uh, Vlatko Andonovsky. What the hell are you doing? Like it's just, it's bad. It's so bad right now that I, like I don't I wouldn't call it an upset if USA beat Sweden because the USA is good. They got a lot of good players, but Rose Lavelle isn't going to play because she got a, 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 a terrible yellow card against a Portugal. Not it wasn't something that should have been a, a yellow card. And I am no soccer expert by any means. I get excited for soccer or I get interested in soccer for it, it, like every two years. For the Men's World Cup and the Women's World Cup. Other than that, I'm sorry. I don't care about La Liga. I don't care about the Premier League, UEFA, MLS, certainly. What a, who gives a shit that Lionel Messi is with Miami? With the internet. the hell with that? But I get, you know, I, it's a chance. You know, you, you rep your country and you, you, you cheer along with them. Team USA is just... Blah, like they're, they're bad right now. This is not the team USA, and they have such good players. Sophia Smith, really good. Uh, Hillary Rodman, very good. Like they have outstanding players. It's been said that their backup eleven, their subs, could make it out of group stage play if they were their own team. And it's just not there right now. Uh, so Sunday, come you know, come Sunday morning, four a.m. Uh, local uh, Central Time is the when this match starts, by 6 o'clock, 6.30 at the latest, I, I think we better be talking about a USA win. Otherwise, uh, Vlatsky, he, he, no, just don't even bother coming back. Yeah, just Vlatko, get out. Just don't, don't come back. Get a different head, uh, a, a manager. A team. Uh, Team USA Soccer, USA Soccer needs to, to take a, a look in the mirror because something's not right. And thank God Carly Lloyd is calling them out and they can criticize her. You're dancing after a, uh, you almost lost. You lost, you nearly lost after Portugal got a good look, a good shot on goal and it hit the post in extra time, in stoppage time. You nearly lost. You were you nearly sent home. You nearly didn't make it out of group play. That would have been monumental embarrassment. But even this is still embarrassing. And then you dance like, oh, cool. I think it was Megan Rapinoe that did it. Sorry, Megan. Like, you've been on World Cup winning teams. 
this is not the standard of excellence that we have seen from Team USA. You could kind of see it in the crowd. I know they had injuries to several key players leading up to the Women's World Cup. So that's not a team that's at full strength. I understand that. And just advancing out of group play is good, but come on, Megan. Like, this this is a bad look. It's a, it's a bad look for the way this, the, the, this program should be. And it, it has to be better. And now you get a very tough draw against Sweden. I mean, think about it. If you're the Netherlands, the winners of Group E, you get South Africa. Now, South Africa, I mean, there are some really good stories. This has been a very, very weird World Cup. There have been huge ups. I mean, at least Team USA is still playing. Brazil and Italy, they are not. And that is a stunning Stunning result, what has taken place. We have seen big upsets, but for Italy to not make it, like the Republic of South Africa beat them 3-2 to two on Wednesday. To advance out of groups, that is the first win ever for South Africa at the World Cup. You have uh, Jamaica, who scored exactly one goal in three matches. I believe. Let, let's let's make sure I have that right. Yes, one goal, and yet they are advancing. One goal, two draws, because they have not allowed a single goal yet this tournament. The only squad that can say, oh no, Japan, Japan too, and, and Switzerland apparently. Whoops. Okay, there's two others, but Jamaica, stunning that they were able to have scoreless draws with France. And then with Brazil, knocking Brazil out. No Marta. Goodbye. For Brazil, it's Brazil's earliest exit I saw since 1995. For Italy, a soccer-rich program, it just it shouldn't happen. Canada, I picked Canada to the World Cup final. They got bounced because they lost four nothing to Australia. Uh, good for Australia to make it. It's always good when the host nations involved New Zealand. After that one nothing win against Norway in the opening match of the World Cup, completely fell apart. You lose to the Philippines. Well, not, that's not good. Not good at all. And then have a scoreless draw with uh, with Switzerland that allowed the Swiss to get in. Actually, Swiss won Group A. Nigeria, fantastic for them. They uh, advanced out of Group B. You have two African nations in the knockout round. And I always think it's great when you don't always get these powerhouses like a Germany and and France and, or like a, you know, Brazil, why not to advance? You know, you get some of these cool stories like in Nigeria, like a South Africa, like Jamaica. Jamaica apparently had to have a GoFundMe just to even have, to get to the World Cup because they didn't have the sponsor, you know, the, the money and stuff. What a cool story that is for, for Jamaica to... To get out of there. And South Africa. You have so many of these teams. Granted, some of these teams are making their World Cup debuts. And that's what you get with an expanded tournament. But it's just so cool to see what we've had. And the great story out of Colombia with uh, what has transpired in their program. You know, like sexual assault. It just, it's it's been bad. And for them to take down Germany. Like, Colombia is going to win Group H in all likelihood. All they have to do is draw with, I believe, is it Morocco? 
Yeah, all you have to do is draw with Morocco. And Morocco's still technically in it, too. I mean, South Korea have been a big disappointment. You know, they've been good in the past. So we'll see what Germany can do in this is the last group. And then we get to the knockout rounds, August 4th through the 8th. Uh, so our matchups, uh, Switzerland against Spain, Japan against Norway, the Netherlands against South Africa. Those matches will take place on, uh, on Saturday, August 5th. Uh, Sweden against USA on Sunday. England against Nigeria. And Australia against Denmark on Monday. And then Tuesday we'll have final two matches in the round of 16 before we go to the quarters, August 10th through the 12th. So just very bizarre tournament. Uh, but a lot of cool stories. A lot, a lot of cool stories here. And, you know, when you get the likes of, like, a Nigeria, South Africa, Jamaica, like I said, Australia, um, advance, it's, it's, it's good. It's good for the sport. And ultimately, it may be good for the sport, you know, if, if USA doesn't win. Might not be good for Fox, because Fox paying a lot of money to FIFA to broadcast this. You might not get a lot of good ratings here the rest of the way once Team USA is out. But ultimately, maybe good for the sport, you know, that, that to have some of these stories, to have some, you know, the powers not always make it. Uh, but stunning results for Brazil and I, I would argue Italy as well. But, uh, you know, Canada not making it, that's a big stunner as well. Um, certainly, it's stuff to, to look at here. But pretty good, pretty good tournament thus far, and hopefully Team USA will still be playing when we come back on the podcast next week. And it is a big podcast next week. Charlie Hildebrand will be joining us here for the first part of our four-part season preview on college football. We'll talk college football with Travis. We'll talk Major League Baseball. Marcus will be back on to talk World Cup. Uh, and we'll dissect more of what's going on or what, what happened with Team USA. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen then, but uh, for sure we'll be talking about it. So huge next week, so definitely tune in for that. Uh, find this podcast available on podcast.com and on iTunes. Just search the sports block. Follow me on Twitter. Or, is it Twitter? Follow me on X. Stupid. Elon Musk, you're a fucking bonehead. Uh, but... Uh, Follow me on that at Andy Stacken. We'll see about getting threads here at some point. Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Travis is on X. At Travis Grins. Link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. A lot of stuff going on in the world right now. We're focused on the sports right now. Uh, but we'll see what happens as we continue to roll on. So, for all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast, for Travis, I'm Nathan. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week. Uh, hopefully we can get some rain up in these parts, especially in, in the St. Cloud area. We need it desperately. So hopefully the rain comes, but cooler temperatures are on the way. So that's always good. If you're in the Mitchell area, go check out the amateur baseball tournament. Should be a lot of fun. Travis calling a few games there over the next couple of weeks. So again, for all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast, for Travis, I'm Nathan. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next week on a big edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week, everyone.